For those keeping track at home, that's a billion dollars. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to House Party Protocol. Power of Suits, and welcome into another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is the one and only former king of Tennessee, now has been banished, exiled, sent off to a dungeon where we barely feed him. It's the one and only Merzane. What's happening, my guy? I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm so sad. Is that right? Well, I don't think you have anything to be sad about these days, if I'm being honest. Um, I have plenty to be sad about. Okay, as you it relates to Marvel Crisis Protocol, maybe. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Uh, everything in my life with Marvel Crisis Protocol is going swimmingly. Um, I don't think there is a single thing wrong. As s- Some people may disagree with me about certain things in S.H.I.E.L.D., um, Nothing has gone wrong in Shield. Oh, oh, really? Which is my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say, and spoiler alert, we're gonna be talking a lot about Shield today. That they're in a good place, and then if we can just get these grunts out of here, <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, mm. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It, you know, it is what it is. I've said my piece on the grunts. I'm not gonna rehash it. But luckily, we're not talking about them today. So, yeah, the, the, surprisingly, we're going to talk about a shield that is uh, free of grunts, potentially free. the promised land of shield. That's it. It's the promised land of shield. You know, it's, the, it's the, the hope that we needed in the shield department, you know, so uh-huh. here we are. But anyways, I digress. Merzane, glad to have you back. It's been a while. Unfortunately, you got a big boy job and it requires you to work nine to five and we release you for work hours during those times. And so that way, you know, we take 70% of your salary, which, you know, we really appreciate you offering that to us for your place to live and uh, offering, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, so we haven't been able to to do the thing like we had done in the past and I really miss it. And I know the suits I out there too. miss it too. I miss you so much. Yeah. Every day I think about, God, I'm typing these numbers in this computer when I could be staring at a, at a, a list and talking about how I think I could make it better. And then someone can tell me a week later when they hear me tell them that. Yeah, but you're wrong. Right. Right. I mean, I miss those days. Me too. Yeah. But what we can do today, Merzane is take a look at a couple of characters. And actually this will be the last two characters that I have to cover from earth's mightiest corset. So I'm really excited for this. And if you want to check out, Everything we've talked about before up to this point, the numbered House Party Protocol episodes are going to be covering all of these characters and everything like that. And then I've got a, a series I'm doing called The Glow Up, and that's the uh, the rebalance patch, if you will, 2.0 rebalance. And that'll be happening uh, pretty regularly until we get through everything. 
And yeah, I'm I'm excited to jump into it. And first things first, as always, Merzane, is we have to take a look at these models and we're gonna talk about Invincible Iron Man first. So Yeah. Yeah. I'm I I know you like this one pretty good. It is um it is the second best model that says Iron Man. <laughs> the second best model that says Iron Man? Yes. Uh, it is the third best Tony Stark uh, model. So the best is Hulkbuster, but he's right. not an Iron Man, so he doesn't count for this. The second is the little Russian nesting doll Iron Man that comes out of uh, Hulkbuster. I don't yes. know why they went so hard on that one, but they went hard on that one. They did. Um, and then this one looks really good. It takes a little bit of inspiration from that one being like up on his repulsor, ready to shoot. Um, but it's a little bit blockier, kind of like the original. So it's a little bit of the best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, I, but I like it. I, I, I noticed a lot of the promotional pictures, it leans a little to one side, but I think that might just be pictures or maybe the way they assembled it. Yeah, maybe I'm not sure. It definitely looks like it has a pretty small contact point for me. But I like this model. I think you're right. He is the third best Iron Man with corset Iron Man, original corset Iron Man, bringing up the rear because that model was, it 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 lacked, it lacked. But yeah, again, I understand they felt limited with what they could do and whatnot. But I really like this coming off the ground with a little explosion. I mean, that's Iron Man, you know, stretching out the hand, you know, balancing with the other hand. I think that's really great. And I like the armor design that they went with on this one. Like it's, a lot of red in the color scheme that they, they painted him mm -hmm. as, but it's also like, it makes sense with like how they painted him and everything. And I really like that. And you know, it's, it's Iron Man, you know, it's yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. I, I think my one criticism for the next time we get a Tony Stark outing, um, don't have his hand up ready to shoot the repulsor. We've had that three times now. <laughs> I would love one. Like, I like that Hulk Buster is rearing back for a punch. Yeah. Um, I would love a good punch pose or even just one where he's like rocketing, you know, with both hands out yeah. flying. Like I, I think that there's, or at least like maybe a slightly different repulsor blast pose than just one hand out, like both hands out, you I, know, something. I got you. What about one where he's like lining, like holding back his elbows, you know, doing that kind of like, you know, Dragon Ball Z power up pose. Like he's going to do an energy blast from his chest. Oh, and they could, I mean, you could just do the beam coming, the the unibeam coming out of his chest. That'd right. be cool too. Right. I think that'd be pretty just, dope. Just something a little different. Maybe I mean one where he's got like a couple rockets coming off of his shoulders. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. There's a lot of things you can do with it. Uh, and again, not to say that I think that any of the models are really bad. It's just I I think we're ready for a new a new Iron Man pose. Yeah, yeah. So next question, Merzane, what model are you painting your Iron Man like? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know all the models. Um, I have been painting almost all of my metallic stuff pink, though. Uh, my Sentinel Prime and my uh, Crimson Dynamo are both uh, pink. And he might follow suit. Okay. <laughs> he might be Pink Iron Man. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Model 42, like the original Sin Iron Man. Like, that is my favorite Iron Man, where it's like almost blacked out metal with the very vibrant like orange and the red is the energy parts are like red. That is oh, yeah. mm, chef's kiss delicious. I 
did that with my original core set Iron Man. He's actually painted in that color scheme. And like, I feel like if I'm going to play this Iron Man, I got to paint him in that color scheme too because I love it so much. However, I do really like the Model 50 where it's like the symbiote suit. And I think doing like a pure silver Iron Man could be really cool. Like silver and blue Iron Man would be pretty dope if I say oh, so myself. This, is this like the superior Iron Man or whatever? Yeah, yeah it's the superior, like, yeah, superior Iron Man. It's like his suit is like a symbiote. And oh, if, that's you, cool. if you yeah. Google it, it looks awesome. And both of those work really well for a a, a shield let or a Tony Stark director of shield style suit. Exactly. And if you look at the model 50 that comes up on like the first Google image that comes up, if you Google it, it really mm. favors this design that they've gone with here. Yeah. So maybe I do that. And then there's also, you know, everyone's favorite silver centurion. Like that's one that I could see myself attempting because I think again, he's got the the diamond or the triangle in the chest and then he's got kind of the big shoulders and everything. So it's not perfect silver centurion, but like if you painted him like silver centurion, I think it would look really good. Yeah. I think my only issue with silver centurion, because I'm looking these up as you say them, because I don't have them all memorized. I know is, is uh, the, it's got the old style face kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, especially since the movies, there's like that particular face plate design mm-hmm. that I think is, it's just so good for Iron Man. And the old style just looks very dated. Oh, so like an updated version with the modern faceplate would look really good. I agree. I agree. And then lastly, the last one I'll mention, because someone out there should definitely paint it like this, that's a better painter than me, is the ultimate Iron Man. Like that one looks so cool. Now, granted, again, I think it's kind of, faceplate question mark from what you're talking about there. I do agree with that, mm-hmm. but like going with that gray with the real intense red lights, like that'd be kind of cool or like red highlighting and then those blue lights, like that could be really cool. Oh yeah. But that one's a little harder cause this one's such a sleek design. Anyways, we spent way too much time talking about this model and we have way too much to cover. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yes. Yes. So I just, I think, Iron Man is cool, and there's so many varieties of Iron Man suits that any way you paint it's going to be pretty awesome. Anyways, let's talk about Invincible Iron Man and his alter ego of Tony Stark. And we have a top stat line of four physical defense, three energy defense, and three mystic defense. He has a stamina value of six, He's threat value four, he's size two, he moves medium, and worth noting, he is still on the 35 millimeter base. So, all that top stat line seems good. He's got six and six on the stamina, nothing changes on his injured side, but he's four threat now. And other than that aspect of his top stat line, I mean, he's just Iron Man, right? Yeah. My only complaint is that like, it's a complaint I've had with all of them is that his mystic's always three, but he's supposed to be a genius. I have the same mental attacks too. (laughs) Right. Like that's one of the things that's like the physical defense is clearly represented as either a physical prowess, you know, like hardy, tanky, you know, able to absorb damage 
or an acrobatic, you know, agility kind of representation. And I've always felt the same way with Mystic is like it's either representing like a mental defense that they have or they're like Doctor Strange, Master of the Mystic Arts and stuff like that. And I feel like that Tony, while he might not necessarily have like great mystical defenses in the comic books, he's a genius and like he outsmarts people. Yeah, it's always felt a little odd that it's a little low. Uh, like, well, three's not low; it's average. Um, I just I feel like yet we haven't gotten a mechanic that like fits the bill of a super genius. Yeah, everything's been really good with the suits and his beams. And um, I've talked before about the normal Iron Man suit so far. I haven't gotten that punch feel. I'll talk a yeah. little bit about that in a little bit, uh, but. We haven't gotten like a genius vibe well, yet. You know when we're gonna get the genius vibe. You know when that's gonna happen, right? What is that? That's gonna happen when we get Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four, baby. That's right. Uh-oh. When we get them, and we're gonna reset that clock real quick. Reset the clock. Bingo. <laughs> that's when we're gonna get super genius level stuff. <laughs> Shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. Anyways, Merzane. What is Invincible Iron Man's attack suite looking like? So his first attack of three is Repulsor Blast Mark II. It is an energy attack, range four with five dice. It's a builder, so for every damage it deals, it's going to give you power. But if you didn't do any damage, it's going to automatically give you a power, just like the Hulkbuster. Mm. And it's got a wild push before damage is dealt. This character pushes the target away short. Of note, that is just like the original one. It is a must, and it is any size. Yep. His second attack, Billion Dollar Punch. It is range three, seven die, cost three power. So now we have a proper power to dollar conversion rate. So a billion dollars is equal to three power. <laughs> right. Before damage is dealt, place this character within one of the target character. And then on a wild hit, you may throw the character if they are size three or less after the attack is resolved. Away, medium. Yeah, yeah. And it's physical, so obviously. Physical, yes. Like, Sorry, I just got so excited. You, you. I noticed you didn't even give me a chance to talk about Repulsor Mark II before you went straight to Billion oh, Dollar Punch. I, I thought I was going to go through the whole suite. I'm sorry. Let's go back to Repulsor Mark II. <laughs> no, it's a, no, we're on this train. We're not stopping. Let's okay, go we're, with the we're last one. we're not stopping the train? Okay. Yeah, go with the last okay. one. So the last one is Focused Unibeam. It is a range five energy, seven die, four power. Uh, so it is... A billion and a third dollars to shoot the Unibeam. <laughs> when rolling additional dice for crit results during this attack, roll two additional instead of one for each crit. And after the attack is resolved, if the attack roll contains any crits, you suffer two damage. Interesting. Okay. So now that we've brought the train to a, a very reasonable stop, let's roll it back and go by these one by one here. So Repulsor Mark Two. It's just a better version of the original Iron Man's kit with the one extra die. But I love, 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 love that they added in the if you didn't deal damage, you gain a power thing. Because, man, does he need that. Yes. I I really like, it's sort of his identity, uh, Tony Stark's, to have the, if you didn't do damage, it's a gainer. I would love to see that more, but... It does feel really cool as like an Iron Man shtick. Yeah. It's part of his kit that 
he may not have actually damaged you, but he's going to get something out of it anyway. Yeah, exactly. I think that's wonderful. And how do you feel about them making this push required again? I like it. It's thematic. Um, I really like the idea of you're hit by something so perfectly, it just forces you back. And, you know, maybe Tony didn't want to, but there's a lot of times where you say, where he shoots someone with a repulsor and it just sends them flying. Yep. Um, it's another bit of sort of Iron Man flavor, right? The Hulkbuster does the same thing. Yep. I think it's just something we're going to continue seeing with him. And I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a great builder and this is a great like centerpiece for his kit. You know? Yes, absolutely. So, I think it works super well for him. He has two spenders. And before we talk about each one individually, I want to say, how do you feel that Repulsor Mark II is going to do with getting him the power he needs to potentially do both of these spenders? I think, to be honest, when we talk a little bit more about the rest of his kit, the spenders won't be used quite as often unless mm-hmm. you need some of their utility in a pinch. So billion dollar punch is a way to maneuver him. It's some action compression because it's going to place him. Yep. You might get a throw, so you might get a little bit extra damage out of it. Um, but I think you're going to use it when you want to abuse a weak physical defense or you want the place. Yeah. And then focused Unibeam is... There's a guy over there, and I need him to not exist anymore. Sort of a <laughs> mini Helios. Um, so I th- I think that they are not going to be the bread and butter of his kit, but they are definitely pretty solid tools to have. And both above range three, so he is sticking to that mid to long range style gameplay. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm right there with you. I think that they are situational. And like billion dollar punch, get on that point. And then maybe you get the throw and can put someone off of that point. But if you're within range three of someone already and they're scoring a point, you can billion dollar punch, get on that point, and then maybe take your chances with a repulsor mark two to push them off. Yep. And the important to note with the billion dollar punch is that you place before damage is dealt. So if you're attacking into a an injured character, there's no threat that you might accidentally kill them and not get the throw or not get the place. Excuse me. Yes. You're going to, you're going to get that place. Yep. Again, you rattled it off so fast and it just, it went by in such a blur, you know? So I, <laughs> I didn't even think about that fact that like, yeah, if you KO the character, you still get the place, which man, it's a feels bad if you don't get that on some characters looking at you, Logan, but there's not much to feel bad about with Logan. So there you go. Right. I, I have thought about billion dollar punch probably more than any person on the planet. Um, I, I've said it a few times before. My favorite thing that Tony Stark does, like especially in the movies, is when he just flies at someone, cuts the repulsors off, takes the Superman punch stance and just slugs someone right in the face using like the momentum and the gravity to pull into the punch. Yeah. It just feels so you can feel it every time he does it. And I've always wanted an Iron Man with a punch, we have Hulkbuster with a punch and that makes sense. But the, the suits, the normal suits don't have that. And yeah. this one finally does. Yeah. And I'm all, it is exactly what I wanted out yeah. of a classic Iron Man, uh, just like bell ringer. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it really is. It really is. It's great. I love that bell ringer. I might have to come back to that in a few minutes, but <laughs> I, I love this. And I, I want to also highlight, 
it's a wild hit throw on seven dice. Now, I'm not a math god, but that feels pretty achievable. Yeah, it is uh, not super unlikely. And I think it is tailor-made. We've noticed a lot more uh, double triggers, right? And I think yes. that's because of the new Steve. Uh, yes, I think that is 100% because of the new Steve. Because uh, Steve Rogers' first Avengers is like, cool, you rolled a hit, you get whatever you want. Yes, uh, and that's really good. I don't know if uh, people are aware, but that's pretty good. The odds of getting the uh, wild hit, by the way, according to a dice calculator I'm currently using, is 57.63% yeah. on seven dice with no rerolls. Yeah, and that that's an important note right there, too. So I, I feel pretty good about that. And 57% of the time which it doesn't make it like one of those things where where it's super reliable and yeah, you're going to have those games where you just break the odds and you use it three times and you never get it and you're like, what the heck? But size three throw on a trigger that's fairly achievable, I mean, I look at this as almost, it's, it's not exactly one for one, but this is almost the invincible Iron Man version of a throw. Like if you look at it from the power cost perspective and trying to get those triggers, doing that damage, all that stuff. And as I always say, seven dice is the sweet spot. So you could probably kill things, but you're also just as likely to leave them on one, and then you hit that trigger, and bingo, bango, that guy's dead Yeah, and it's an incredible amount of action compression, right? More than we've seen on any uh, any Iron Man before, even Hulkbuster. It's a hit, a place, so it's almost like he's getting a charge, which is the flavor of all these attacks, you know, that... Yeah place you afterwards is that they are charging at the guy um and then the throw just being one a displacement and two more damage and being able to potentially do that twice around is really really impressive yeah and with it is slightly better than a coin flip to hit but as far as i'm concerned 50 percent of the time it works every time <laughs> yeah i'd say so i'd say so so the last one that i really want to dive into here is focus unibeam and we've seen similar things like this before, I believe, on the Tungsten Gentleman's good friend here, and that is the Titanium Awesome Guy. <laughs> the Peace Guy. Yeah, the Peace Guy, the guy that's all about that's the, the peace. opposite of a machine. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, we, we've seen explode crits, add extra dice, and then take damage, but I think with Rhodey's kit, it's worded where you take a damage equal to however many crits there are, whereas... With this one, no matter how many crits you roll, you're only going to take two damage. Yes. There's a couple other guys that have Rhodey's same wording. I like this a lot better. Oh, this feels so much better. It doesn't punish you for rolling well, but it also does have an opportunity cost, right? Like, not only is it four power, which is a lot, again, billion dollar punch being so versatile, as we're going to talk about the rest of his kit, I, I don't know about you, but I see Iron Man in between his turns being without power most of the time. And yes, we'll talk about why shortly. But this attack is one of those. I think you nailed it when you were reading it out. It's like, oh, that guy over there really needs to die. Cool. Drop it. Yep. I think it is the very much the, the like I said, the Helios mini Helios Jr., uh, I've already used my Helios, or I don't have enough power to really make a good one. Let's focus Unibeam, try to remove that guy from the table. 
because it, its damage output potential is is pretty high. Uh, I mean, yeah, con- considering that this will not happen, however, I'm going to say it anyways, considering you could roll seven crits and then you are rolling an additional, how many dice is that? 14 dice? Yes. Now, that <laughs> will not happen. I'm going to just, you're. that's not a thing that's going to exist in this game, but technically it's possible. And it just gets even better when you start getting to stuff like Baron Mordo or Thanos, if you like to bring those into stuff like Avengers, where you can where you start giving him more dice or even some of the tactics cards that give him more dice. Yeah, it start your odds to get those crits start going up and that makes your odds to get more dice start going up and you can just really spike someone off the table. Yep. Yeah, and one of the interesting things about this is, like, I think of an attack like this as being a really awesome recalibration matrix candidate, where it's like, let's say I've been flipped, I'm I'm hurting, I barely have any any health left, something like that, right? And I'm, I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory, maybe I've got three health left, and I've got sitting there all this power. I focus Unibeam, let's say I hit two crits, so then I'm adding two, four dice in there, right? So now I'm looking at this dice pool that is 11 dice. Man, I am doing some good math right here. So I just impressed myself with my math ability right there. That was really good. That was really good. Yeah, I'm surprised. So so you do that and then you're like, oh crap, I didn't didn't get what I needed. It was an underwhelming roll in totality. Boom, hit them with that recalibration matrix, re-roll the whole thing. Like, it just feels really good. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, and it's it it's one where it can reward you. You roll all your crits, you roll out of your crits, and now you're not taking damage. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. I, I think it's cool. It's a it's a really good like finisher on his attack suite. So Yeah, this is if you've played fighting games, this is the this is like the level three super where uh the the battle stops for a minute, he does a little animation, says a cool line like you're finished, and then just puffs his chest out and hits you oh you can do better than you're finished i it, well tony can i can't no but you can merzane i believe in you um now you put me on the spot brother i know i know <laughs> come, come on you you've got to think of think of like a, a, a tony stark thing is like this isn't worth my time and then boom you blast him all right show's over <laughs> stuff like that there you go <laughs> right yeah it's like mm, somebody get me a drink <laughs> you know all right playtime's over there you go that's a good that's, that's you know what i'll take it i'll take it so we've talked about his attacks let's talk about his superpowers first up on this kit is the invincible iron man is a director of shield he has a leadership for the shield affiliation called let's get you an upgrade while an allied character is attacking defending or dodging during the modified dice step, it may spend one power. If it does, it may re-roll one of its dice. We have literally seen this before on Wakanda. Yes, Black Panther has this word for word. They copy and pasted it. Yes. Except they use the, the correct wording that works correctly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And look, it's a great leadership ability. Hands down, no questions asked. It's a great leadership ability. One of the best, I would argue, um, yeah. one of the things that has kept Wakanda as 
an affiliation to watch from their inception, even when they've sort of fallen out of favor, there's always still that little bit of, well, they can make this other character more efficient. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I don't think we need to say anything else about this leadership other than that. And maybe the only other thing you could say, Merzane, and you can probably speak a little bit better to this than I can, being a shield main or a shield stan, as it were. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, How does this leadership affect the shield affiliation specifically? I think when you play shield as in the, in the way that I do, which is more gun line focused, you come across matchups where when people run away or abuse cover, you have a lot of trouble. Uh, Nick Fury's leadership is very defensive. And if someone's not really wanting to attack you, you're not really getting a lot of mileage out of it. This one gives us a very offensive leadership. One that, Oh, if you're abusing cover, maybe I can negate it with a reroll. Oh, you are running away. Well, when I move and attack, that attacks a little bit better. So maybe I get a little bit more damage or finish you. Uh, or if you're playing into something like Web Warriors that's controlling, you know, they're never going to kill me except for maybe once or twice. I'm not going to get value out of Nick's leadership very often. I'll yeah. just take it to where I can get an extra reroll to hopefully match the spider senses and the miles rerolls and try to push that damage through. So it gives us a completely new way to just swap over into a completely different gear. Um, and then also hit a lot of the really cool stuff. The the rapid fires, the triggers on our attacks that are really good that we sometimes rely on. It really helps Yeah, hit those. Um, and helps our characters be a little bit more efficient. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's a really insightful way to look at it. So the next superpower we have here is a reactive superpower called Jarvis. It's got a power cost of X. While another allied character within range four is attacking during the modified dice step of the attack, this character may spend one to three power to use this superpower. For each power spent, the allied character may re-roll one of its attack dice. This is very interesting, and I think this layered into let's get you an upgrade really is pushing shield to an offensive place. Not offensive, if you know what I mean, but offensive. Oh, absolutely. And it just makes him a really good slot in as a character working alongside Nick. Because we have the three threat and it's hard to beat that efficiency because he's got a lot of the same tools, um, especially the repulsor. Like his turn to turn is going to be really similar to shooting a repulsor blast. This gives him a defined role over the other Tony. Mm-hmm. I was splashing in Sentinel Prime to get similar reroll ability. And that was taking Iron Man, Nick, and the Sentinel Prime. And it was just so many points. And I did get the defensive rerolls, but it's not really shield isn't worth rolling extra defense on. <laughs> it's just not right. Yeah. This lets me cut the Sentinel Prime very, very happily. I, I did a long time ago, but it's always hurt because I've wanted the rerolls. This lets me bring it back in a much more efficient package. Instead of spending eight points, I'm spending four, and I'm still getting my Helios guy and one of my favorite characters. So it's just it, it is so perfect. Yeah. No, I think I look, you nailed it, man. It, this is one of those things where it's like from the shield perspective, I think the offensive part of it is amazing. When you look at Captain America First Avenger, 
the offensive side of it is just mm, chef's kiss because I think there's a theme forming within the core box and that with the hero characters, it is we're going to beat the lights out of you. And yeah, I, I think that's the opposite of the last core box. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with you. I think the original core box had a lot more like defensive, maybe kind of, I mean, obviously with Captain America, his defensive nature and all that stuff, but like just it was about efficiency, right? With that first right. core box on the hero side. It's like, how can we be efficient? Again, there were mistakes made on original Iron Man, his, his Friday AI costing three, all of that stuff that didn't really make it efficient, quote unquote, but... I think we've settled on efficiency at this point. Anyways, when I look at this, I see Invincible Iron Man being in a place where he's going to provide an efficiency wherever he goes, but that core set under the Avengers, within the shield, I think it's just it's just great, man. You said it great. And, and being able to push forward and have that bubble of range four, even though he's on that small base, I think it's a lot farther than you might think. Range four is far. That's eight inches. That's a 16 inch bubble uh, end to end plus his base size. So it's substantially large, uh, especially in contained scenarios like a gamma or even not really a B, but like even a D, if you position him correctly, he can he can affect a good amount of the board. Yeah, exactly. I think this I think this gives him really a really good chance to be splashed in other affiliations. Agree. You know, Shuri got splashed a little bit. Um but one of the things you end up having if you want to take advantage of her offensive rerolls is she pushes him away and it might make it harder. He can still do that, but it's a little bit more controllable. It's a little bit less often that'll happen. And he can build a little bit more power potentially. Yeah. Than sure he can. Yeah. The last two superpowers he has here. One is flight. It's innate. He always has flight because of course he does. The second one is an innate superpower. I am Iron Man. Oof, that, that felt good. Powerful. That felt good. It costs you one power. If this character would suffer damage from an enemy effect, it may use this superpower. Reduce the amount suffered by one. So he can go down to a straight zero damage. I love it. I love it, love it, love it so much. In general. However, I think this is really awesome on this character from a balance perspective because mm-hmm. you're going to have those those times where you're like all right cool do you just burn his power to save himself or do you burn his power for Jarvis and yeah i just i love that puzzle in the design on the table you know what i mean like like oh and now it, you got to be thinking like oh man i really want to get a billion dollar punch i really want to be on that point i really want to try to throw that guy like Having those puzzle pieces and those decision points for players is just, you did the little chef's kiss, like, you know? I was like that. Oh, it was, it was pretty much like that. Just check the tape. Check the tapes. It was like that. Check the tape. But Eldritch V here trying to kiss me. Pretty much, pretty much. But, I mean, how do you feel? Because I know I'm I'm about it, dude. I I'm I'm, I'm I like it. I, I think that him having damage reduction is key because he's in a suit of armor. Um, it's better in certain situations than original Iron Man. Worse in other situations, yep. which is fine. 
And I think overall it's a little bit better than the Hulkbuster version, which only works on attacks and he has to, oh, I'm getting attacked. I'll spend the power. Oh, I didn't take a damage anyway. I wasted a power. Yeah. And this is just, it's a nerd to pain. And um, if you know me, you know, I love crossbones and I love a nerd to pain. I think it's great. It's a bit of a power sink on him, which is a little unfortunate because he's so power hungry. But like you said, you get that choice. Do I want to take the damage, maybe gain that extra power? Or do I want to spend it and keep myself a little bit healthier? There's a lot of little decision makings you can make with it, which yep. will separate the good Iron Man players from the from the not so good Iron Man players. And I think that's perfect for Shield. And I'm thinking of him from a Shield perspective, of course. Of course, of course, yeah. I, and and let's think about that, right? So we know he's going to be in Shield. We can assume Avengers. Give me a, one other affiliation that you think Iron Man Invincible version could potentially be splashed in um has he ever been a defender (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't know if he's in there but i think he could certainly be in that affiliation and maybe we talk about like stacking on stacking on stacking right now as a splash i could see guardians and he's also been a guardian of the galaxy for a brief period of time yeah, I could see Guardians. I think Guardians would really like him. Like, I think they get a lot of utility out of characters like Beta Ray Bill and Beta Ray Bill's affiliated. But you know what I mean? Like, I think that four threat yeah. spot is certainly one that is hard in Guardians because they want to play so wide typically. And I say this from having played them a while, but you can only give out so many winging it tokens and you only have so many opportunities to use them. So having that character that can put up that bubble and say, cool, here, have some free rerolls. Oh, and you can use your winging it token on defense now because you're in a precarious spot. I love that. And he just, he works so well with winging it tokens too. I mean, oh yeah, he's got good defensive stats to, and the, the inured to help with that. All of his attacks love a free two rerolls. Yep. Uh, just every single one of them eats up a good reroll. Yep. And then, if, you know, if you re-roll his Mark II, his Repulsor Mark II, that's potentially more power to fuel Jarvis for other characters. Yeah, exactly. And he, and he brings him some control, and he also does energy, so he fits their their little skew of having a lot of energy shots um, with a really good, powerful physical attack in case he needs to abuse it. I, I think that's a solid choice. I used to run the original... Uh, and I think that he's a little bit better. One more point, but I think a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. I could also see him in something like a Web Warriors because, of course, I could, first of all. Second of <laughs> all, I mean, you want to try to get a little aggressive with your Web Warriors. Invincible Iron Man, I think, does that. And again, the same things you mentioned. A little bit of control. He's a little bit tanky on his own. Doesn't really need a lot of help. But then you give him a defensive reroll. You allow him to reroll skulls. You allow your teammates now to re-roll skulls offensively with Jarvis. I mean, that that sounds pretty good. Yeah, it it, it really works. Um, the other affiliation I like is Midnight Suns. I don't really see him working out in Midnight Suns. That four threat splash is oh, very yeah. contested um, very, by a few characters. Beta Ray Bill, Hella, and a couple others. Yes, I said Hella. Oh, we're not, we're not talking about Hella right now, but she is Hella We're not good. going to. But she's hella good. Yeah. 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 So I don't see him there. Maybe new uh, Cyclops X-Men or A-Force because they can feed him power and he feeds them back offensive capability. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But 
I I think that he has a bit more utility than the original one for a single point, and that makes him a bit more uh, appealing. Yeah, and and that's probably the next question before we get into a couple of tactics cards here, and that is, do you see him replacing the original Tony Stark Iron Man in in any general sense? Like, do you see yourself putting both versions of him within a roster? I think that a lot of people, when they design their roster, are going to decide at the time which is better for them. But I think there is an argument to run both, um, especially in affiliated uh, when he's affiliated. Yeah, I I think they do slightly different things. He is not a strict upgrade to the original. The other one is still very playable and very powerful. And I could see myself even going back. Currently in Shield, he's replaced him. I could see myself going back at any point. Yeah. Um, he he is definitely an upgrade, but not a replacement. Yeah. And I think that there's an argument for the flexibility aspect of having both, but then roster spots get crowded, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I think it's, it's just going to take time to determine what level of replacement versus uh, coherency. I mean, that's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm excited to see that. I also love this card art. However, on his injured side, he needs to be nicked up a little more. It's just the new injured art isn't nearly as as roughed up as the old he, versions. He just got a little dirty. Like he flew yeah. through some mud. Uh, the original ones, like clothes would be ripped, armor plates would be torn off. They'd be, you know, uh, they look they would look like they are on their last stand sometimes. And the new ones, um, it 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 looks like they rolled around in the dirt a lot of the time, or <laughs> they just took a slightly angrier pose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, that's Invincible Iron Man, but we've got to talk about a couple of tactics cards here. And let's start with two of them that are attacks. So we've seen these from the new core set. The first one is called Overcharge. It is during Thor Odinson or Carol Danvers' activation, the active character may spend five power to play this card. Choose an allied Tony Stark, within range five of the character that played this card. Tony Stark immediately makes the attack listed above. And it's worth noting, this is an affiliated active card because it has to be played during Thor's or Carol's activation. So it's overcharge attack. It's an energy attack, area two for six dice. After each attack is resolved, this character gains one power. After each attack is resolved, the target character gains the shock special condition. There are no triggers. It is just gain and gain. I like this card, but man, does it feel like it costs a lot. It does cost a lot, Um, especially on Carol, who really does not want to give up five power. Right. On either version. (laughs) She likes her power a lot. Yeah. I think that this is one where, like, if Thor's in your roster you could probably make the case that he wouldn't necessarily mind doing this, but Carol, especially cosmic Avenger, like you've got so much better things to spend your power on, on her card. Like, why would you even bother? Exactly. I I mean, it is a very strong attack and it, it gets expensive both point wise and power wise, but you could, the area is really big on it. If you're doing it into a Hulkbuster, because it doesn't require any particular Iron Man. 
it's just Tony Stark. And this could be an easier way to get the uh, the Hulkbuster suit back. You know, a little Iron Man, a little Russian nesting doll Iron Man is always really power starved and it's very hard to refresh the suit. But I mean, if he's, you know, in, in the mix and there's like a lot of guys ready to get overcharged on, he could just do, they could, you just give him an overcharge and he might have the power. Oh man, that'd be crazy to see. That'd be so crazy. I'd love to see that, but yeah, that's the jet, the dragon that I would want to chase in this scenario <laughs> here. Like this is one of those cards, like it's cool and I could see it playing an important role in certain situations, but it feels too situational for me to want to contribute to my competitive roster. Yeah. I also of note, it does not require an action. Oh yeah. So it is just, it's just a free attack, six dice energy with a shock into however many guys are within range two of any Tony Stark you have on the board. Yep. Yep. I love it. I think it's pretty great. Uh, it's very good. The next one is repulsor refraction. And this is a similar thing. It is unaffiliated and it's active with a new caveat here called action. And as we read this card, I think I know why they put that here. If it <laughs> is invincible Iron Man's activation, and he is within range four of an allied Captain America first Avenger. So the new versions of these characters, they may each spend one power to play this card. Invincible Iron Man makes the attack shown above. It's an energy attack called Ricochet Rampage. Beam four, five dice. When placing the range tool for this attack, place the tool in contact with Captain America first Avenger's base. So basically... You get to measure it's ricochet blast, except without the re-rolls and not as good. Yeah, no re-roll. It's a beam, which is cool, which has two really funny caveats. Uh well, I forgot one of them, but one of the <laughs> one of the really <laughs> funny caveats is Captain America is gonna take a damage. Oh yeah. Uh because <laughs> when the way it works is when you do a beam, if any of your allies are in contact with the the tool, they take a damage. When you measure from Captain America first adventure, he's in contact. And so he's just going to take a damage. Yep. Yep. So that's awesome. The second caveat. The second caveat is that it is while ricochet blast just says Iron Man. So there's two Iron Mans that can use it and Captain America. So it's the first Captain America. This one is the two new ones specifically. Yeah. So it's not like you could do the three thread Iron Man and do it. This unlike the last one. It doesn't say Tony. It doesn't say Tony Stark and Steve Rogers. It says these two in particular. Yep. And then the reason why it has this word action here is to avoid any amount of ambiguity because mm -hmm. previously with an attack like repulsor blast, it was, is this one of my actions? Is this not one of my actions? I don't know. Let's ask on the rules forum. And even though it was one of those like rules as written, it's an action kind of thing. It really just helps to clarify, which I think is a good thing ultimately like it seems redundant and I know rules rules aficionados might not like that this is here but it takes any guesswork out of it which I like it's the same thing for overcharge it says after each attack is resolved for both of its triggers but that's just how the area would work anyway you don't need that the original vision beam doesn't have that but it's nice to have that there like you said to reduce ambiguity it just makes it just makes the card read easier yeah yeah, exactly. So so there's those two. 
And then, Merzane, we have a card that I'm going to let you read. Yes. This one is called Stark Armory. It's an unaffiliated reactive. During the power phase, an ally to Tony Stark may spend X power to play this card. X must be at least one and no more than five. This round, Tony Stark and all, and other allied characters within range X of him may add one die to their attack rolls. X is equal to the amount of power spent to play this card. Hot dog. So talking about him cranking up the offense and stuff like shield and Avengers. Uh, here he comes with once per game being able to just say, Oh, by the way, guys have a bunch of extra dice. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is wonderful, dude. Oh yeah. I'm I'm thinking in shield with winter soldier, having the rapid fire, that's potentially 10, uh, 10 dice per action, just four or five dice shots with rerolls. You've got shows over stuff from the small Nick Fury. If you if you use normal Nick Fury, uh, two of his spenders is five dice with a reroll, uh, four times from the grunts, and two eight die physical attacks from Nick himself. There's just so many dice you can throw at people with Stark Armory in just shield. Yeah, yeah, and... Uh, this is another reason. Remember, unaffiliated reactive card. If I'm taking Tony Stark in any capacity, this card's in my roster. It's awesome. I I think it hits your 10. I think Tony Stark becomes a character that for a lot of people is going to bring Helios Laser and Stark Armory. Yeah. Yeah, which is putting a lot of eggs into one basket, but it's a pretty good basket. And I think with Invincible Iron Man specifically, being able to play within the range band that he's most effective at, I think is pretty easy. Yeah, his only issue is going to be paying for that and the rerolls. But again, in certain affiliations like X-Men Blue, where he's going to be getting power shunted to him, or even A-Force, where power is going to get shunted to him, I think it's going to be a little bit easier. In stuff like Guardians, you know, we talked about him being more power from the rerolls. Uh, now your spam list is going to have a lot more dice just for free. Plus the rerolls uh, Sam spam is going to like it's, it's a really good card. Yeah. Uh, not for every list, but when you can use this card in, in under the correct circumstances, it can be very, very good. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. So yeah, that's all we've got for invincible Iron Man and his tactics cards, but we're not done yet. But first, I want to remind the suits out there that we're currently running a giveaway. Make sure to check the Facebook page. I will not leave a comment with some link to some bullcrap. Apparently, there was a bot that was trying to impersonate my page. They had my picture and and a name that looked was basically like mine and saying people won something, click on something, do some stuff. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to like charge you to be in the giveaway or anything like that. Like it's, it was a whole thing. I blocked them, deleted them, all that stuff. So hopefully no one sees that stuff again. If you saw one of those, I'm really sorry. Unfortunately, I I guess that's how you know you've made it is when people want to start jumping on your crap. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but it's either way. I'm really sorry about that. Uh, but there is a giveaway going on for this Earth's Mightiest Corset right now. So check out the Facebook post. Make sure you leave a comment over there. 
with your favorite superhero. And then also you can listen right here to the podcast for your secret code words. And Merzane, there was a phrase that I said earlier. Oh, I'm going to come back to that. But un- <laughs> Yes. But unfortunately, I've forgotten what that phrase was. Oh, I remember what it was. It was Bell Ringer. There you go. I think Bell Ringer needs to be our secret code word for this week because honestly invincible iron man is going to be ringing people's bells i'm i am so excited for people to talk about their billion dollar punch plays (laughs) please tell me when you start doing them yes so send us that code either via email housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com you can send me dms on discord i'm at hpp underscore will on most of the major discords out there and then uh, if you're a part of our discord community over uh you got to get on patreon patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol for as little as a dollar a month you can come and join the best community on the internet i love it so much it's my favorite place Uh, it's it's just wonderful it it's a great happy healthy place and you can come and hang out and chit chat with us talk mcp talk donuts talk chicky tendies all the stuff and uh and yes you can check that out send me messages over there or send me a message via facebook I, i will respond to those i put them all in like a little spreadsheet and then import them into our comment picker thing uh and yeah so yeah I don't think I have anything else to say about that other than let's talk now about Winter Soldier Operative. Ooh, mysterious. Yeah. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe she's born with it. But no. Uh, First of all, let's talk about this model. Man, you know, the mask, he's got the mask. Like, thank you, AMG, for giving my boy the mask. Like, Oh, I love this Winter Soldier model so much. It looks really good. He went from having arguably the worst model in the game to a very good model. Look, Maybe not the best, but very, very good. Stares at you in original core box Iron Man. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't know. I think uh, stiffly walking forward Bucky is <laughs> slightly beaten out by talk to the hand Iron Man. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's probably fair. But I've just I love this model so much, dude. Like this is the Winter Soldier, dude. Yes. Yeah. Are you going to do Wakanda arm or regular arm? Um I don't know. The the picture they've got, he's he, he kind of looks a little blue. And I I might Oh, Wakanda arms got purple. It's like black and purple, right? Yeah. Oh, that is probably Wakanda arm. With yeah, yeah. Gold. I was gonna say I might give it a purple glow. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it might be Wakanda arm. Do some gold in there. No, I I will say this is a model that I will be painting very similarly when I paint him to what's going on here because I just I love that look. I love that look. It's just mm, so good. We're not here to gush over this model as much as we were with Iron Man because there's not much to say about his model other than it looks excellent. So, Winter Soldier operative James Bucky Barnes, which is the same alter ego of the other Winter Soldier, and he's had a bit of a glow up here. So he's got a physical defense of four, an energy defense of three, and somehow he's smarter than Tony Stark with a mystic defense of four. I think that's supposed to represent this is not the winter soldier that, you know, is under mind control all the time. Correct. This is the one that is broken free and is now much more strong willed, but 
But yes, yes somehow higher defense than Tony. Yes, I agree with you. I think that's what this is obviously meant to represent. Like he's he's a freewheeling operative at this point. So six stamina, threat value of four now. He has size two, he moves medium, and he is still on that small base. And he goes down to five stamina on his injured side, but that's the only change. So he's six five as opposed to the original one was five six, which I think that's a fun little fun little change. Yeah, I it was always a weird it was always a weird thought you would go down on five and on the backside someone would do five. And they're like, oh yeah, I, I killed him, right? N- no, he's got six on the side. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Just needs a little more. Why? <laughs> All right. So on this one, let's go over his attacks and let's do them one at a time. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's right. Or, or first... go back to your dungeon. Oh my gosh, please no. Uh, the first one is a physical attack called Spec Ops Rifle. So upgrading from the assault rifle, it is a range five, five die. After it's resolved, he gains power equal to the damage dealt. And he has a wild suppressive before damage is dealt for each wild in the attack roll. The target character loses a power. So half of a sap power. Yep. He's he's half sapping, which is equaling suppressive, which is also yes. half of depressive, which is what this is right here. I, I'm really excited for when I get shot by this. I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of times where I'm going to say, help, I'm being suppressed. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. It's thematic. I like it. I will say this is one of those things where it's like it's not going to matter so much in the early game, I don't think. But as the game goes on, I could see this kind of thing end up mattering somewhat, maybe. It's one of those things that probably doesn't swing a lot of your games. But there's a game or two where you're going to roll like five wilds and your opponent says, well, I just don't have the power to do anything. Yep. Yep. And, and then they're going to, you know, block it all. And that's the worst possible outcome. It's like, that's going to feel so bad. Oh, I blocked it all. Oh, and you took all my power. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks so much. Cool. About those rerolls that I'm going to, I want some damage back here. Yeah, no, I, it's one. Of, it's great. Range five, five dice, physical attack. We know it's good. Just, yep. yeah. So what's and the next one? It is concussion grenade it is an energy attack it is range three five die and it costs us a single power if this attack deals damage after the attack is resolved the target character gains the stun special condition and on a wild you get blinding flash after the attack is resolved the target character and enemy characters within range two of it gain the shock special condition Mm. how do you feel about this one flashbang (laughs) <laughs> exactly flashbang through the door exactly. it feels like playing call of duty i like it a lot it really does which i think this is super cool in that like just the ability to stun someone if it does damage is good enough and then you throw on the blinding flash part of it it's not only do they get shocked but their friends are getting shocked too yes and one thing we didn't mention with tony was that he has energy attacks, so he can play into the A New Age, the original Human Torch card, which is a thing S.H.I.E.L.D. has never really been able to do very effectively. Mm. This also gives us a Winter Soldier who can also play into that a little bit. Uh, yeah, his other attacks may be a little bit better most of the time, but being able to pay a power for a seven-die concussion grenade that can stun and shock, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like something I would want to try to do. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 a really good utility attack. You're not going to use it all the time, 
very good utility attack. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. When the opportunity presents itself, it's going to be very useful. What's next? The next one is the Red Agent. It's another range three, seven die, three power. And for those keeping track at home, that's a billion dollars. <laughs> it has a wild hit trigger for clean sweep. After this attack is resolved, deal one damage to each other enemy within range three of this character. Nice. I I like it, man. This is a super chill and efficient attack. I I don't know what the flavor of that is. The on the last card, his uh his spender was he you know, punches someone with the arm and then shoots them. I don't know if this one's just him punching someone with the arm and then just spraying in a circle, just spinning around <laughs> shooting, or him just taking his knife and just stabbing everyone in a three mile radius. Yeah, but, I think I think I envision this like the like he stabs the one guy and then someone behind him is like trying to come up and he just like is spinning, spinning, ducking and shooting. <laughs> you know, I, I like the idea of him stabbing them and just like holding the knife in and making that guy spin with him. Oh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Obviously. I mean, that's how I would envision it. <laughs> Give him a little handle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like this. It's It's to me, this is like net good like it's not something you're going to use all the time but if you need to do a little extra damage and you have the power hey well and it's like it's like you said it's that sweet spot of seven dice it you have we already talked about a wild hit trigger is about 50 something percent this can potentially hit a lot of characters for a damage so if there's a guy next to your target with a single hp left maybe you attack into the the other target and hope to do the damage no so that's and that's the thing this isn't this isn't within range of the target it's within range of him yep so even if you kill him it should if you ko him it should still let you measure because you can't measure from ko'd guys but you can measure from the guy that made the attack yep i love it i love it so before we go on to his superpowers merzane like how do you feel about his overall attack suite like because with these kind of new versions of old characters we can't look at them in a vacuum because the other ones exist. And when you look at the old winter soldiers attack suite compared to this winter soldiers attack suite, is it fair to compare the two without looking at the broader entirety of the card? Or should we focus on the superpowers and then get into the comparison? I think they both fill very similar roles, but with different tools that are in the rest of the card. Um, So I think it'd be best to get the overall picture before we talk about the different attacks. Yeah. I will say, though, I do like what this attack suite's doing in the overall. I do, too. I think it gives him a much a much more self-sufficient feel in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So first superpower is an active superpower that we have seen time and time again, but it doesn't ever get old. Hit and run. It's going to cost you two power and an action. This character immediately makes an attack action followed by a move action this superpower can be used only once per turn. I love it. I mean, look, a range five shot that you then get to move with, sign me up, dude. Yep, you can spec ops rifle to go in and then do a concussion grenade or a red agent. You can shoot someone, you can hit and run and use a red agent to hit someone for a lot of damage, do the clean sweep while you're still in, move back and then shoot someone with the spec ops rifle. I mean, 
you could there's just so much versatility Dude. with this yeah. with this superpower that's just it. it's so versatile and like you look at a character like say star lord who has hit and run on his kit the difference between range four and range five and then i'm very specifically gonna there's another thing on this dude's card that makes this just like cranked up to 11 and mm-hmm. it's the last thing on his card. If you know what it is already, shout it out. But not you, Mersane. But <laughs> I know you were about to. I was not. I was going to be good. I'm scared of the dungeon. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, we'll take your bucket out if you if you keep messing around. No, <laughs> I need that. It is my uh, waste and food bucket. Yeah, all at the same time. But no, that's <laughs> so dark. That's it got really dark. <laughs> this is so versatile, and like being able to move about the board at those ranges, like you said, whether you're in close and you do a concussion grenade to get out and then spec ops rifle or whatever sequence you choose to do this, there's not really a wrong answer. And the range you're operating at with it is second to none. There, I don't think there's another character in the game that has hit and run at range five. I, I believe that's true. Uh, and also, when you look at some of the other stuff, like the last thing on the card and the next thing, and the next thing. He operates at a lot of different ranges. Yes. And this really lets you modulate exactly which mode your Winter Soldier is operating at. Is it operating in this one or that one? He has literally an ability for every single range band except two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's Which is hilarious. Even though I'm about to say something with range two, it doesn't matter. Just, it's great. The next superpower is a reactive superpower called Killbox. It's going to cost you three power. When an enemy character ends an advance or is placed within range four of this character, this character may use this superpower. So that's the trigger required is an advanced or place. So pushes won't trigger it. Throws won't trigger it. This isn't like some of those where it says movement. It very specifically advance or placed within range four of this character. And I'm I'm really wanting to highlight this, especially for newer players. So like the Midnight Suns leadership with Blade, that would be a placement within range four that would count for this. So that's that's one of those that I always overlook in something like this. Right. Choose an interactive terrain feature of size three or less and within range two of the enemy character that was advanced or placed. Destroy that terrain feature. The enemy character suffers a collision as if the terrain feature had collided with it. This superpower can be used only once per turn. So we got a trap house. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm, trick or treat. It really is. It really is. It's trick or treat. It's it's pumpkin bombs coming at you, all that stuff. But, I mean, this is good. Like, this is just good. Most terrain in the board is going to be one, two, or three. And even if you're spending three power to blow up a size two piece of terrain that's still potentially three damage that you just did for the cost of three power yep i i do have a flavor question for you okay let's hear it yeah so 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 with with green goblin and and bucky the way i always imagine is they just set up bombs everywhere before the the uh the battle starts yeah. now with green goblin he's obviously blowing it up because he's crazy now winter soldier's smart do you think he is blowing it up and it's just the explosion hurting them or do you think he actually strapped lots of little rockets on the pieces of terrain and he's actually activating the rockets and launching the terrain feature at them? 
Uh, I I think Bucky, which this is an interesting thing, like in terms of naming for me, and this might be a little too deep. When you think of a kill box, like that means that you're setting a trap for someone that you're going to shoot into with you and your friends are shooting into the the trap zone. That's what a kill box functionally is. And when I was in the Air Force, we had like this grid over top of all of all of the country, not United States, Iraq. I had a grid over the entire country. And the grid had different little boxes and they were called kill boxes. And if we ever got like a troops in contact call and we had to send fighter jets to that area, they would be like, okay, we're going to activate kill box such and such. And it's because that's the zone where things are going to die. You know, that's probably way too much information. (laughs) So I actually would rather have seen this ability called something like sabotage or something, because what I view, because it deals with terrain, like if this was just like an open area and like if someone does within range four, he gets to do a thing. Well, then that would make it make sense to me. But I think this is one where it's like, call it sabotage because he rigged that building to explode at the perfect moment when that guy is as deep as possible in that building. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, I can see that. I can see. I wonder if this is one of those things where in testing, it was a it was an ability like that and they just moved it over to the terrain because it was easier to grok and then just kept the name. Yeah, maybe. Either way. I think it's cool. It's not something I'm necessarily going to use all the time, but like this is one where when, if I remember correctly, like if I'm playing Ultron Metal Tyrant, I can trigger an ability like this and get my Ultron drones back if they're dead. Yes. So I, I really love that. I think that's really cool because it has to be an allied effect that triggers that. So, you know, it's not necessarily something I'm, looking to do all the time but i think that's a cool bit of synergy yeah it also kind of gives another a third option for the thematics of it in that he rigged an entire building with ultron drones (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly so uh the last two superpowers are both innate so they're always active no matter what spetsnaz training we've seen this before this character may reroll one die when either attacking or being attacked by a character that is within range one. And then wait, it's a great, it's a great thing. I don't need to say much more about it. And then lastly, and this is the one that is like, just pushes him. I think to that four threat level stealth characters must be within range three of this character to target it with attacks. What the heck? Yeah. On a range five gun guy. Yeah. With hit and run. Dog, you'll never shoot him. You you will not be hitting him with it. Like just just eat your spec ops rifles and enjoy yourself because that's what's gonna happen. Yup. And I, I I was talking about all the different range bands, right? So we have range five for his gun, threes for his his spenders, four for the kill box, above three for stealth, and then one for spetsnaz. So you can hit and run back into stealth. Or you can hit and run into range one and go, oh, this second attack is going to really hurt, dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And his defenses are 434. Four, so, like, as long as you're not seeing a whole bunch of energy attacks across the board, you're going to feel pretty good about it. Yep. And just, I mean, 
he's just so flexible. He is a great offensive piece with a lot of different things you can do with him. I I really think he is, man. Like this is a character when I look at this card and I read this kit, someone is going to unlock one way to play him. And then someone else is going to turn around and unlock another way. And then someone else is going to turn around and unlock yet another way. Like I think that this character one is going to see a ton of table time. Two is so versatile that if he's in your squad and it's not even the most efficient squad for him, you will still find value. Yes. I just, and I don't want to undersell how powerful it is that this dude shoots at range five from within a stealth zone. That is bonkers good. I mean, Storm does it at range four. That's two inches farther than you could shoot her. He does it four inches farther. A whole double what Storm's doing yeah. in the safety zone. Um, and again, on a guy that can move and attack with hit and run. Yeah. So that's just solid. Imagine a scenario where someone moved and then attacked Bucky. They had to move and then attack him, right? Well, now, cool. I'm going to shoot you or concuss you, or red agent you, and then I'm going to hit and run and get out of range for your friends to shoot at me next time. Yep. Like, oh man, I just, that kind of pattern to me sounds so much fun. And maybe on your way in, you you took a terrain collision. Right. (laughs) Right. So yeah, man, I just, look, we don't know what affiliations Bucky's going to be in, he, he no longer has Rogue Agent, which is very important. Yep. You know, like it, somewhere I think Schick misspoke and said that he still had it. And maybe in October when this core set drops, he'll get some little thing underneath his little pretzel, you know, pose he's doing there, whatever that is. Uh, <laughs> whatever he's doing. Uh he'll get a little thing that says rogue agent as like a innate thing because Shicks did say that, but we don't know yet with that being said, I think it's okay that he doesn't have it because if he was a rogue agent, this character would be so, I mean, I think that'd be a little pushed. Yeah. I, I think that where he sits, I think that any affiliation he's affiliated with will want him. If he was a rogue agent, I mean, Anyone that just like needs to splash a four, it'd be such an easy splash. I feel like I feel like rogue agents are very hard to do. And mm-hmm. a four threat feels like it'd be pushing that mechanic a little high. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. So back to our original discussion, and then we can talk about affiliations, which I, I expect shield and I expect since this is a new and improved version, like I expect one other, but I really don't know. Yes, I, I have a, there's a, there's a potential theory maybe. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Well, we don't need to get too crazy with it, but how do you compare this winter soldier to the previous one? Like, I don't think it's a one for one upgrade. And I also, I have to be very clear here. We have not covered the changes to winter soldier on this podcast yet, but he does have one very notable change and, th- and that is 
that his rapid fire on his assault rifle is no longer a hit trigger. It's a wild trigger. Yeah. And slightly less importantly, his spender is only pushing size three rather than any size. I don't think that matters as much. It doesn't. Um, I don't want to get too think, deep into what those changes mean for yeah, yeah. Winter Soldier specifically right now, because I want to take more time to address that. But right, with right. those changes in mind, I mean... I, I think the key difference is original Winter Soldier, even in his current iteration, is more of a character that wants to sit back, pop shots at guys, use his got your back to get more shots, and just use volume of dice with his four dice to try to to try to get those spikes, try to get those rapid fires. Um, he can use his Hydra tactics to move in when he needs to uh, do a spender. I cannot remember his spender's name. Red uh, Fury. Red Fury. Uh, he can use the Red Fury to push someone off a point, maybe get, you know, a bunch of damage into one guy. Like, is this just like his one big move? Um, and I think that's his identity. This one is a very proactive piece, I think. I think he wants to be diving in and out of ranges, positioning really well, being really, really obnoxious to deal with, constantly making your opponent have to worry about him. Because even though it's not rapid fire, five dice with suppressive is something you have to think about. And then him just coming in and just shocking half your team is also yeah. something you have to be worried about. And then just being safe for it and punishing you for trying to come in with his kill box. Like there's just a lot of things he can do if he's being played correctly. And things that can change turn to turn or round to round. He, he's not going to stick to one solid game plan. He is going to be evolving as the game progresses. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And, and I think that he is a really versatile piece on the tabletop. And uh, I'm excited to play him. Are, are there any affiliations other than what we might expect that you think he's going to shine? Like, obviously Guardians. Obviously Captain America First Avenger. Like any other like subtle low key place for him. Um, I think he could be another option for a trap house spider foes kind of build. Mm -hmm. We have uh, who is it? Cassandra Nova is one that people use. He could replace Cassandra Nova as let's be honest, a better piece and also <laughs> yeah. a cheaper piece. Yeah, no, uh, that's a good one. And. I, I think that that's that's a cool place for him. I could see him maybe in like a Magneto led. Brotherhood affiliation, you know, not super competitively, but he's yeah. an out of action way to pop stuff to get the power rolling. Yeah. Um, I, th I again, you know, I think you're gonna hear a lot from now on for people who are offensive and people who want power. Cyclops is probably gonna be a good spot for him. Yeah. Uh, because he'll, he'll be able to give people power from really far away. Oh yeah. Um, his it really ups the bubble that that leadership can work at, which you haven't covered yet. But when he comes up. You'll know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but I think that those are pretty good. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. And th this is going to sound weird and interesting when I say it. And I don't think it's necessarily like the best thing ever. But like I, one, I think Criminal Syndicate is a spot that he pr probably would like a lot, uh, especially like a uh, Shadowlands Daredevil, I think would be really nice for him. But the one that I think is like low key interesting because they've been hit kind of hard recently, and that's Convocation, because having that four Mystic Defense is nice, but that doesn't really matter. But I think having the ability to play safe and shoot and shock the opponent and stun the opponent, 
I think could pay a ton of dividends for a convocation squad. Like it's it's one of those things where I haven't put it on the table yet, obviously, but I think there might be something there. But the problem is you're already committing to some pretty high cost models if you're also then playing Bucky. But but I'm intrigued. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think Killbox. I feel like a lot of their characters, especially with some other changes, uh, have some difficulty removing terrain from the table sometimes and getting collisions off. Yeah, and Killbox gives them an option to do it. That's one that you're already being really big brain in Convocation, so continuing the big brain with setting up really good kill boxes and having to remember that that's a thing. Cause when I play goblin, I never remember that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, really, really up one, the mental stress you have throughout the entire event that you're playing in. Uh, but also potentially, you know, the amount of ways you can get under your opponent's skin oh, and into their head. Definitely. Definitely. But it's something I'm going to try. I don't know if it's good. It's probably not, but I'm going to give it a go. But there's one other thing we have to talk about with Bucky. And that is the tactics cards that's coming in this set. Soldot Activated is an unaffiliated reactive tactics card. After you choose a leadership ability, if this leadership is Cabal, Criminal Syndicate, or Hydra, an allied James Bucky Barnes with Spetsnaz training, superpower, may play this card. James Bucky Barnes gains the Compelled Minion Innate Superpower. I'm going to read what that is in just a second, but I think we just found out what three affiliations this version of Winter <laughs> Soldier's in. <laughs> yeah, that, that, Those are the other three that he could be in, and even if he's not, I mean, he works well in those affiliations now. Yeah, yeah, no joke. So, Compelled Minion Innate Power. When an allied character with an active leadership ability within range two of this character is targeted by an attack, the allied character gains cover. After the attack is resolved, if the allied character was not dazed or KO'd, this character may spend two power. Oh lord. If it does, it may immediately make an attack with a power cost of zero, targeting the attacking character. Additionally, when this character begins an activation within range two of an allied character with an active leadership ability, it gains one power and may remove one damage. So let's unpack this. First of all, spend two power to got your back with a five dice rifle shot. I mean, spec ops rifle to the face from range five away with five dice. Yep. And it, your leader doesn't have to be dazed or KO'd, or it suitably can't be. So uh, every time you attack the leader next to him, he's just potentially going to pop you in the face for it. Yeah. Man. And then potentially get the power back or build power. Yeah, yeah, potentially get it back, build it, whatever. But like when you think about the volume of leaders within Cabal, Criminal Syndicate, and Hydra, you literally have, what is it, four leaders for Cabal, four leaders for criminal syndicate and two for Hydra. Did I do that math right? There's three for Hydra. Three for Hydra. Who's the third? Because uh, uh, the new Zemo. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Three for Hydra. There you go. Dang. See, I, and not only are you sitting next to a Zemo, you're also getting a reroll and getting a power when you begin your activation within range two of him. Dude, 
sold out activated is amazing. It's also very funny in a Hydra list where they take uh, two heads or whatever, oh, where your yeah. guy gets KO'd and then there's two active leadership. So then he's got two guys he's defending. That'd be wild. Like <laughs> somebody try to chase that dragon for me, please. You know, but it's uh, very funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, we had a, a card that you and I both felt like stapled to Tony Stark. If you have either version of Winter Soldier, but specifically the operative version in a Cabal Criminal Syndicate or Hydra list, is this card in that 10? Oh, oh yeah, you're probably bringing him for this card. Um, and I also want to say I, there's been some poo-pooing about the wild trigger rapid fire on the three-point Bucky. But, I mean, come on, this has got to be one of the reasons it had to change. Like It was already super good, right? And it yeah. probably needed to change. Eight, the 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 amount of dice both of these are gonna be able to put both models are gonna be able to put downfield being range five and having oh you hit the wrong guy and didn't kill him well i'm gonna shoot you back like yes uh, he this one can get as many attacks as you pump into him uh the, the other one can get more attacks than the guy shooting originally right uh, if he's getting his rapid fire triggers it's just it's just good yeah it is just good and either version of Bucky in either of those affiliations sign it up man like just just staple it right to him and this brings up a broader question that I don't think we have time for but man are there the tactics card slots are getting thin yeah tactics are becoming increasingly hard to uh, decide on and also, because some of these tactics cards are character defining, it's sometimes just becoming harder to figure out what characters you're going to bring so you can bring their cards. Yeah, exactly. I'm right there with you. But anyways, Merzane, anything else to say about Winter Soldier operative here? Uh, he cool. He real cool. I like him. He real cool. Try him out. I think, uh, I think he is pretty good and yeah. very cool. And he looks a lot better than the original. He does that. He does that. So uh, suits, like we said earlier in the show, make sure to check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol. For as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year, there I go doing math again, you can come and hang out in the chillest, illest, realest, thrillest, most awesomest, bestest, most ever place on the internet full of sunshine, rainbows, and then there's a dungeon with one person in it. But we don't talk about that. But no, it's... It's a great, great time. And um, we also have bonus entries for giveaways if you choose a different level of the the Patreon over there. So make sure to check that out. And uh, send us messages, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. Send me messages on Facebook. Comment whenever I make a post. I love interacting with the people out there, even if you're not in the Patreon community and on the Discord. Like, I just love talking to people and talking about Marvel Crisis Protocol and engaging in that way. So... I really appreciate that. And um yeah, it's it's been a been a blast going through all these characters. And Merzane, where can people find you? You can find me in the House Party Protocol Discord occasionally, usually, uh, in a dungeon. And you can find me on the Gamers Guild podcast where all fine podcasts are sold. Yeah, and also uh make sure you tag Merzane with your pictures of Omega Red whenever you come into the Discord because he just loves it. He just, it's his favorite uh, thing. It's his favorite thing. There's, 
there's something. Yeah. Uh, also tag me in your billion dollar punch stories. Yes. Tag him in those as well. Cause it's going to be awesome. And, uh, Merzane, what is our secret code word again for this week? It is bell ringer. Bell ding, ding, ding. ringer. Ding, ding, ding. The bell's been rung. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> for for those Batman versus Superman fans out there. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for this and, I know suits that we are in super overload with podcasts right now. Not only mine, but all the podcasts out there are doing similar things that I'm doing, but I'm trying to take a real measured and careful approach to all this stuff. And what would really help me to know if you guys like my deliberate discussion is to leave a review. If you can on your podcast platform of choice, you know, give us those five stars, write down what, what you're thinking or hop into the discord shoot me a message on Facebook, comment on it and be like, Hey, we need to pick up the pace a little bit. Any of that stuff I'm here for. I want that feedback. It's really appreciated. I know I'm a very deliberate person. So taking time to go through these characters and give them the care they deserve, I think is important instead of just hardcore hot taken, but that's just me. So let me know if that's what you want to see continue or if there's something I could be doing better. And uh, yeah, tune in right here again for some more, character glow ups very soon and with that uh, be good to yourself be good to others party on Merzane. party on will and power down suits suits